You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. All the wrap-up of the 2023 NFL Draft. I have now NFC quarterback rankings that you're going to look at. 1 through 16. Interesting landscape without Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Check that out. As well as all my post-draft analysis of the picks in round 1 and the draft grades for all 32 teams. Those are up that you can check out at sportingnews.com. On the show, Locked on Fantasy Football, we broke down the first round picks, then the day two picks in rounds two and three, and then the offensive skill sleepers from day three, rounds four through seven. If you missed any of that, check it out. We also put it all together and looked at the top 30 initial fantasy football rankings for redraft and dynasty league. So that's all in our archives here. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts. Special shout out to the everydayers. You know who you are. You check out our show every day, every weekday. Your team, your fantasy team every day here. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network. All right, we will get into our quarterback ranking updates here. We're going to consider the 2023 NFL Draft, what it did here, and we're going to look at the Fantasy Pro's consensus industry rankings here, going 1 through 27. We'll break down the first couple tiers, then we'll look at the middle quarterbacks, and get deeper sleepers who might be bumped up or down by what just happened in the draft. So, a lot to get to here. We'll dive into it now. Patrick Mahomes, as you might expect, still number one on the board here as the top quarterback in fantasy football for 2023. Look, it was a fine draft for Mahomes. They got Rasheed Rice. Didn't add too much more, but... Kadarius Toney is going to have a bigger role as Judy Smith-Schuster transitions out. He signed with the Patriots. You've got, as well, uh, the returning Travis Kelsey, still elite in his prime. I think Toney could be used more as Tyreek Hill type here. Sky Moore should have a bigger role. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Rice is a good technician here as a rookie who should get some key playing time. Mahomes is Mahomes. He's going to throw for a high volume. They trust him to do so. So he's going to get it done mostly passing, put up the touchdown numbers, run a little bit. So Mahomes a status quo here, which is an elite status. He's the top QB on the board. There's no question about that in fantasy football and uh, nothing really changed with the draft. Josh Allen, you could downgrade a little bit. They did get Dalton Kincaid. We'll see how they use the second tight end with Dawson Knox. There is some good chemistry with Knox in this offense for Josh Allen. So there's that. They did also get another receiver, Justin Shorter, a big target, possibly to compete with Gabe Davis for some depth. Khalil Shakir should also take a big step, helping Stephon Diggs. And Davis is still there making big plays. So I'd say Allen stayed about the same here. The only concern we have, is he going to live up to saying, I'm not running as much? We'll have to wait and see on that one. I think it's too big part of his game to say, I'm going to do that to protect his body. I get it, but he runs like a freight train. He's very prolific at doing it. He finishes well in the red zone. And really, the running game didn't really upgrade here with uh, Damian Harris. He's an off-injured power back. They're now with uh, James Cook as the change of pace receiving back. So 
I don't see it changing too much for Josh Allen in terms of the running. The passing is about status quo, maybe a little bit of bump up, so he's right there behind Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts uh, could challenge both of these guys. We know he can put up big numbers running. They're not going to change that aspect. Passing, he's got A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. He's got the new contract. Doesn't have to worry about that. I think he'd protect his body a little bit more, but he's just too much of a red zone runner to say that's not going to be a big part of this game. They did add Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift to replenish the backfield here without Miles Sanders. But keep in mind, Penny and Swift, they can't wear those guys down. They both have durability issues, so Hertz might be needed. He's a tough, strong guy that they could use more in the red zone as well. So Hertz is going to continue to finish drives, make big plays with his arms. He is no lower than number three. So Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, clearly in a tier by themselves, tier one elite uh, fantasy football quarterbacks, and really all in good shape after the 2023 NFL draft. We go to the next tier. This is kind of the 1B tier. If you can't invest early and get one of these quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, or Hertz, and you're Redraft leagues are going to look at Joe Burrow next. Now, Joe Burrow could have some competition. We know he's going to get it done mostly in the pocket. He can move around a little bit, but Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, his weapons, that's where it's going to get buttered here, his bread. And running game, a little bit in flux, concerned about Joe Mixon, but Joe Burrow is going to put up the prolific numbers. He's going to be let loose. He's kind of Mahomes light, where you're not going to get as much running. You're not going to get maybe the same type of volume, but you're going to get that production. He's not going to give you what Allen and Hurts, of course, do on the ground here. So that's why we're going to put him conservatively at number four, where he's ranked right now. But I think he could finish a little bit lower among the top half QB1s. There's some guys who could challenge him for sure because they're dual threats. And if they can bump up their passing aspects of the game, they can definitely put up some better overall numbers in fantasy than Joe Burrow. And both those quarterbacks were helped that are right behind him ranked at Number five and six, Lamar Jackson in great shape. Todd Munkin's offense. They added Odell Beckham Jr. You got a first-round wide receiver as well. And Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman coming back from injury. Mark Andrews is still in the mix. Munkin is probably going to open up the passing game. It's going to be run heavy, throw downfield a little bit more. That's why they reloaded the wide receiver core. They also added Nelson Aguilar. So more guys that can make plays all over the field in the passing game. Jackson is also not going to worry about his contract. It's done. Signed, sealed, delivered. He's long-term a Raven here, so don't don't have that hanging over him. The durability, he's not going to be questioning, should I be out there on the field when he's worried about a contract? He's fully locked and loaded there. So mentally, physically, I think Jackson is in a really good place, and emotionally as well, to really put up some numbers. So this could be his biggest year since his MVP season. So he's definitely a threat to break into the top four ahead of uh, Joe Burrow here. Justin Fields, the same kind of vibe with him. They added DJ Moore in Chicago as a number one receiver. That helps Darnell Mooney because he's now more comfortable outside number two. Chase Claypool is a big slot. They added the rookie Tyler Scott for more of a big play threat. Darnell Wright on the offensive line for better run blocking and pass protection for Fields. And their new backfield includes Roshan Johnson and Dante Foreman. There's the power backs and early downs replacing David Montgomery. And you have now Khalil Herbert as your change of pace. And I think... Fields is going to still cut in well to those guys' production as a runner and have a little bit more upside as a passer. Very good, accurate, strong arm here. So Justin Fields, very excited to see what he can do. So another threat to move up and really finish well here. His rushing was dominant. It could slide down a little bit, but he could be more effective as a passer. He wasn't effective as a passer at all last season, part of the design of the Bears' offense. Now you get an extra tight end scorer in Robert Tunyon and joining Cole Komet. So... A lot of weapons read now. There was more Tunyon and Scott and the receivers they already have and the passing scheme year two. All the things point well up here to Justin Fields 
really having a massive year. Now, Justin Herbert didn't have the greatest year last year. I think the Kellen Moore influence is going to help quite a bit. That was the biggest acquisition the Chargers made, even though they used a first-round pick on Quentin Johnston. They need Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to stay healthy for those numbers. You got Josh Palmer. You drafted another speed receiver in Darius Davis out of TCU as well late in the draft. So a lot of interesting things to look at with Justin Herbert. But Kellen Moore, big influence on the fantasy production when healthy of Dak Prescott. I think he's going to have a positive effect. But Herbert, I don't think, can move past Joe Burrow based on the volume. And he's not going to move past Jackson and Fields based on the running upside. Now, Trevor Lawrence, if he could run a little bit more, he would go up. But I think he kind of rounds out the second tier, the top eight at quarterback, he does get Calvin Ridley, so a little bit of an upgrade with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones already established, as well as Evan Ingram. So weapons are there. The offensive line did lose Jawan Taylor, but they do have uh, plenty of things up front. Cam Robinson being suspended could be a little bit of concern, but they did get a offensive tackle, Anton Harrison, who could start on the right side with Walker Little on the left side if they need to. So I think overall, the Jaguars are okay. Status quo for Lawrence. I think he'll only get better in year two with Doug Peterson and Press Taylor and now Ridley in the mix. So, again, I think Lawrence could definitely finish above Herbert in this pecking order and maybe challenge Burrow, where Jackson Fields might just finish above all of them, following Jalen Hurts as that dual threat that we really look at to have a cheat code for fantasy football. All right, there's a look at the top eight quarterbacks on the board. We'll still get through 19 more. So we'll look at kind of the rest of the QB1s in our next segment through the Top 12, top 14, then we'll dive a little bit deeper than that. Then go dig for sleepers outside of that realm in picks 17 through 27 at that position. So a lot of good stuff there for you to check out. A lot of good stuff that you also need to check out if uh, you want the best tasting protein bar ever. Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. That is built Built Bars and Built Puffs, you got to try these. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars, Built Puffs, they're going to deliver for you. They're healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste amazing. You won't think they're good for you. you got to try these. What makes Built Bars so good and taste like a candy bar? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Unbelievable flavors you can have. A churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like candy bars. Well... Maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better, they're healthy for you. Only 30 calories, 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein packed into the bars. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about going to Built.com to order your Built Bars. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Well, you can still get those specialty flavors that you love that are always coming out at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. You can uh, walk to the pharmacy section and you can grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of uh, flavors such as cookies and cream, double chocolate and bars, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box, so you get more of a built fix there. Hit flavors including brownie, batter puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. Again, Built Bars, best-tasting protein bar ever. You can get them at Built.com and now at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. All right, it is time to continue the show here on Locked On Fantasy Football and break down more of the quarterback rankings, consensus expert on fancy pros, and see how these uh, players have been ex- affected by the draft. Again, thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day, a special shout out to you. You know who you are. Check out our show every weekday. 
and next uh, show we'll look at the running backs and the rankings and how they were affected. A lot of draft picks that are, have changed the fates of veteran running backs. So we'll look at those rankings and examine those much like we're doing today with the quarterback. So check that out for sure. All right, let's go into the next group of uh, quarterbacks we're looking at. At number nine is Dak Prescott. And really, Dak is going to take a hit. Brian Schottenheimer taking to the offense. We know a little bit of stodginess, maybe a little bit more run heaviness. He loses Kellen Moore. I think Brandon Cooks helps maybe to replace some of what they lost with Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is a concern. They also lost one of his favorite targets in Dalton Schultz. I know they drafted a rookie there in the kid from Michigan, but they're really looking at blocking from him, and that's not very good. So you lose Dalton Schultz. Again, you're breaking in Cooks to try to be as efficient as Cooper was. CeeDee Lamb is still your clear number one, but Dak also not doing enough running here to score in the red zone. So Dak, I would point the arrow down here based on the results of the draft. Your offensive line has also been transition, trying to figure out guard here, maybe shuffling the tackles as well in front of Dak. So a little bit downgrade for Dak. The next quarterback is on the rise is Deshaun Watson. So Watson, I would bump up here. Keep in mind, when this guy's healthy on the field and not suspended, he puts up some massive numbers. So I do like that for sure in uh, what he can do. So love it uh, there. And really look at the weapons. Amari Cooper, speaking of him, from the Cowboys to the Browns. You also have Don Peoples-Jones. You added Cedric Tillman in the draft. David Njoku, David Bell from last year's draft. Still very effective and dangerous team here overall. So I love Deshaun Watson and the numbers he can put up. He's still going to run when needed. He's going to be aggressive and throwing for those downfield big plays. No 11-game suspension here. We know Jacoby Brissett was usable quite a bit in fantasy, filling in for Watson. So Watson, the arrow up here after the draft. Tua Tagaloa is kind of a status quo here. They did draft another receiver to get some help uh, for possession-wise there in Elijah Higgins. But really, you're looking more John Wall, Tyreek Hill, not a lot of use of the tight end, still run-heavy offense under Mike McDaniel. Run, spread the field, get the ball to these guys. Two of the durability issues are also right there. So I'm not moving to a up or down maybe, but uh, I think if anything, down based on some of the guys coming up behind it. Daniel Jones rounds out the top 12. He had a fantastic season last year despite limited weapons. He ran well, put up some numbers that way. Brian Dable and Mike Kafka really helped Daniel Jones to the point where the Giants re-upped and extended his contract after not picking up his option. So Daniel Jones is not going anywhere. It's a new deep threat, Jalen Hyatt. Some familiar receivers, Sterling Shepard and Darren Slayton are back. He gets Darren Waller at tight end. You get Eric Gray as a receiving back that could help Saquon Barkley. So everything's pointing up for Daniel. Is he going to run just as much to keep up that standard? I think that's going to be a part of his game. We know Brian Dable did have Josh Allen, so that part is going to be there. And we know Kafka appreciates it as well with Mahomes, but maybe throwing the ball a little bit around the field. They have Isaiah Hodgins as well, who he developed good chemistry. So we're looking at from this tier Watson and Daniel Jones up, Prescott and Tua on the way down. Kirk Cousins is your QB 13 right now. That makes sense. He doesn't give you much in the running game. We'll see how Jordan Addison, the rookie, performs without his favorite target, Adam Thielen. Also, seeing how it is with TJ Hawkinson full-time with Justin Jefferson. So Kirk Cousins stays about the same. Geno Smith should be bumped up a little bit. You have good offensive line. Now you get a new center on top of having Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. You have Jackson Smith and Najigba. Added in between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as a first-round pick. Geno's the arrows pointing up. Also had a little bit more running pop to help uh, throw the downfield passing game with Zach Charbonnet now backing up Kenneth Walker. So good stuff overall. So pointing up for Geno, pointing a little bit down for Chris or for Kirk Cousins, that is. And then 
Aaron Rodgers is buried there behind at QB 15. It's going to be hard to rise up a little bit, but he does have key weapons. Garrett Wilson, you have uh, Randall Cobb back in the mix, Al Mazard, go figure these two familiar targets. Corey Davis is still there for the Jets. You also have uh, the two tight ends, Tyler Conklin and CJ Zama, to put up some numbers. Brees Hall is a very good receiver, so I'm going to point the air up for Rodgers. So Rodgers and Geno from this tier can really threaten for QB1 status. Jared Goff, I think he's down here because there's not much running that you can expect. The downfield passing is still going to be limited with Jamison Williams having suspension. They score a lot of rushing touchdowns. That's not going to change with Jameer Gibbs, Dave Montgomery. So Goff stats quo here. Rodgers put it up there. And Geno Smith up. And Cousins a little bit of a downgrade from this tier of quarterbacks. All right, in our final segment, we'll get deeper here for you. We'll go with the back end, 11 guys all the way through 27 on the board and the consensus fantasy pros quarterback rankings and see if their arrows are pointing up or down after the 2020 NFL draft. Again, make sure you're checking out all the great shows here. More draft coverage uh, with the draft dudes there. You can check out Locked NFL Scouting as well as uh, Locked NFL Draft here on the network. So good analysis, uh, still breaking things down. Starting to look ahead to next year with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. So a lot of good stuff with those shows. Check it out here. Two sister shows on the network. Locked on NFL Scouting. Locked on NFL Draft. All right. It's time to close the show looking at the rest of the quarterback rankings and see where we can find value again. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day is... Again, tomorrow we'll look at the running backs there for you. We really appreciate you. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, we hope you can become an everyday or two. It's your fantasy team every day, all throughout the offseason and season. Okay, here we go with the next group of quarterbacks. At number 17 comes in Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson scares me a little bit because he stopped running. There's number one. Jerry Judy may be being transitioned out. They might look at the Marvin Mims. Cortland Sutton can't stay healthy. Tim Patrick is coming off an ACL. You have Greg Dolchich, a good target there at tight end. I just don't know what you're going to get from Wilson. It's a new offense with Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi, so we expect it to be a little bit better here. But remember, I think you had a little bit of a regression here for Justin Herbert, this type of offense as well, producing. So, again, he's got to get his feet wet in new offense. He didn't fit at all with Nathaniel Hackett. It was a disaster last year. So I just want to be very careful with Russell Wilson. I'm not maybe even going to think about him too much because I want to wait and see. I might look at him in a waiver wire, but there's just too much value ahead of Russell Wilson to consider him this low at this stage in the draft. I don't think really moved the needle much on Wilson. Derek Carr's pretty much down here. He's been pretty much a middle tier QB2, maybe an upper tier QB2 for much of his uh, career. He just doesn't put up a lot of numbers. It's also a very good rushing team. They have Jamal Williams, so we know he can put up some big rushing numbers in terms of touchdowns. You have Alvin Kamara. Now you have Kendry Miller, the rookie. They have a good offense line built for run blocking. Not a lot behind Chris Olave. You have Rashid Shahid. We're not sure about Michael Thomas's health here. Juwan Johnson's not a bad red zone target. And we have Carr has good chemistry with the tight end going back to Darren Waller and the Raiders. But it just doesn't give you anything in the running game. We're going to be not hot on Derek Carr here in this tier of quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford, another one I'm staying away from. There's no more Allen Robinson, not like he was doing anything, but Cooper Cup has uh, some younger receivers behind him. There's not a lot. Cup coming off major injury. Stafford having all the issues he's had. This could be a run-heavy team, transitionary team here. So I'm just not looking at investing too much in the Rams offense here with Stafford fading and Stetson Bennett. Will he get a shot? We'll see, but that's not going to make me feel great about the situation either. 
Now, Anthony Richardson, yeah, he has some appeal here. He's that high. We're not even sure that he's going to start over Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis. But, man, if he gets on the field, he can play off Jonathan Taylor, that running game. He's got some really good stretch-the-field weapons and Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. You could also get the rookie Josh Downs making plays. Pretty deep at tight end with Will Mallory joining some of the crew there, including Kyle Granson, Jelani Woods. They're deep everywhere at the skill positions here with Shane Steichen. And Steichen, again, his offensive influence, he turned Jalen Hurts into a fantasy superstar here. So if you get Anthony Richardson on the field sooner rather than later, watch out for him. He just has way more appeal. Even going back to, like, Goff and Kirk Cousins, Richardson's going to give you that running cheat code here. So he would really shoot up and be in the back end QB1 conversation. So someone to watch out. But Richardson, love the skill set. If he can get in there and play right away, watch out. All right, here's the final tier we're going to look at. Kyler Murray, can't trust him at all. He's a running quarterback coming off an ACL injury. Really bad receiving core, potentially without DeAndre Hopkins. I get Marquise Brown, but he's a one-trick deep threat here. And Rondo Moore, it's just not pretty. I didn't like the draft pick they made either at tight end with Michael Wilson. So, ugh, I think it's going to be tough for, to trust Kyler Murray in fantasy very much. I would say the running upside maybe makes him more appealing than Wilson Carr and Stafford, but Stash strictly as a QB2. Jordan Love has some appeal. He put up some numbers there. I think a bit buried. He's got a lot of weapons. Obviously, they drafted three wide receivers and two tight ends on top of Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. They're what they already had. So watch out there, Jordan Love. The defense may struggle a little bit. He's going to have to pass for volume. Keep in mind the Vikings, Lions, Bears could lead to some shootouts in this division. So Jordan Love bumps up. Kyler Murray not interested in too much. Bryce Young is appealing here, but he is a rookie. you got to weigh that as well. And the weapons are okay. We like the weapons that initially they're going to help him with Adam Thielen and uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. and DJ Chark, but a lot of health issues and durability issues that we're worried about there to uh, keep those guys up and Hayden Hurst. So I think you have limited returns. I think the key to Bryce Young having any QB1 value behind this, this group and maybe being more than a flashing streamer is the fact that he does some running as well. Jimmy Garoppolo has never been a big fantasy football scorer. He can be decent in the 215-2 range based on the matchups, but there's a run-heavy team, the Raiders with Josh Jacobs. That's a key element of their offense. You do have great weapons, however, for Jimmy Garoppolo, now adding Michael Mayer at tight end to help uh, what they have with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers. So the weaponry is there. I don't know if you'll get the volume from Jimmy G if Jacobs has another big year. So that's something that you look at. I think the floor ceiling a little bit limited for Garoppolo. Kenny Pickett, I think, has a much higher ceiling than this. He's got some great weapons, starting with uh, George Pickens. And then uh, Deontay Johnson is a pretty good technician here. They added Allen Robinson. We'll see if he's more motivated to help them as a deeper receiver. Pat Freerbooth, a key target. Najee Harris is a good receiver out of the backfield. You got, as well, Kenny Pickett's legs here. So Pickett probably a little bit undervalued here. Pickett and Love, two of the sleeper quarterbacks that we really think were helped by the 2020 NFL draft, as we expected with the Packers and Steelers investing in that. C.J. Stroud, the weapons are a little bit questionable here. You get John Mechie healthy, but we'll see how big of a role he can have essentially in his rookie season. You got Robert Woods here in the mix. You got Xavier Hutchinson from the draft. Different uh, options that you've uh, looked at here with the Texans. Uh, I think you look at Tank Dell, a little bit of a gadget type player. So I think it's a work in progress with Stroud, especially that he's known for his accuracy and pocket passing and not going to give you much in the running game. And then finally, Ryan Tannehill, you got a downgrade way high. I mean, he's at 27 
right now, when I say way high, I mean way low, but downgrade to several spots because I don't think he's even going to start. I think they're going to move him. Will Levis could start right away. They could also take a look at Malik Willis early, see how it plays out. I think Tannehill is there, kind of the safe face, but there's no way Tannehill is going to have any viable fantasy relevance this season. I think he's going to fade hard. He might start early, and then they'll say, okay, we're going to hook you. He's not going to play very well. I think Tannehill's faded. He did what he could. He had a couple spike seasons in Tennessee, but it's over. That's why they're looking for an upgrade twice. They drafted Willis last year as a valued pick, and then looking at Will Levis, they obviously traded up in the second round to get him as well. So it's over for Tannehill with fantasy football relevance. We'll see if he lands somewhere as a backup or stays right there in Tennessee. He's a little bit one of those guys that I don't know if he's a willing backup as much. I mean, he's kind of made that transition from the Dolphins to Titans to keep starting, but definitely a concern there with uh, what you're going to go with Tannehill. So no, we're not going to touch him, but that's pretty much how we're looking at the stock watch. I mean, there's some other guys we didn't mention in starting situations. Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. These guys are way off our radar, not considering their talent or support here for some numbers. There's too much guy ahead of them in terms of uh, who was going to produce in fantasy football. So there you have it. There's a look at the top 27 quarterbacks, whether their stock is up or down after the 2023 NFL draft. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Everydayers, check it out. Tomorrow, we're going to look at the running back rankings, see the players most affected there across the board with RB1s and RB2s and beyond with the results of the 2023 NFL draft. If you missed anything with the breakdown of that draft pick specific, check it out on our archives here. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this is Mimini Iyer. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll check you out tomorrow. Look at, look at running back ranking updates.